the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. And welcome back. As we do every year on this day, we have Dr. Zudi Jasser on to celebrate 10 days from his birthday. So Dr. Zudi Jasser, Senior Fellow for the Center for Security Policy, former Vice Chair of the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, author of Battle for the Soul of Islam, An American Patriot's Fight to Save His Faith, physician in town and founder and president of the American Islamic Forum for Democracy, Dr. Jasser, happy belated birthday. That's a surprise. Well, thank you. It's always great to uh, be with you. And uh, don't don't we have this annual practice ten days after your birthday every year? I think we do. <laughs> if not, well, <laughs> Bill's writing it down to start. <laughs> it's probably on target, uh, but by serendipity, not by plan. Probably <laughs> by serendipity. Listen, Doc, I um I I find this this world kind of goes in waves. I can go weeks. If God is good, sometime even, sometimes even months without hearing the name Ilan Omar, and then I go weeks and months where I can't avoid it, and here we are again. Thankfully, you're on to her, and you have this great piece over at the Center for Security Policy titled The American Caliph Act. Caliph is not short for California. It's C-A-L-I-P-H. Talk to me. What's going on here, Doc? Well, she put forth a, uh, a legislation that was uh, co-endorsed, uh, co-sponsored by uh, Representative Schakowsky, and uh, they want to create an office to combat uh, Islamophobia. And uh, it's uh, basically uh, trying to, uh, you know, this term Islamophobia was has long been around. The Islamists use it to bludgeon the West with any criticism of, of Islam and Islamist, which is the political movement that inspires Islamic states, Sharia states, and all of these uh, populist Islamist movements around the world, like the Muslim Brotherhood. Well, now you, you know that uh, they're unhinged with uh, not only the progressivists, but the Islamists basically running the show, not only domestically and at the border, but globally in our foreign policy, where Omar has wanted to start a new office. And this office is to monitor Islamophobia. And... Uh, and it's just chock full of verbiage that you would find endorsed by countries like Iran, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, uh, well, countries that are part of the Organization of Islamic Cooperation that basically uh, drive the UN's uh, uh, obsession with Western criticism of Islamic states and uh, UN's obsession with uh, the only democracy in the Middle East, which is Israel. And, and basically now. This is exactly what a caliph would do, right? The caliph is the the individual responsible for protecting the image of Islam in an Islamic uh, sort of global empire. And uh, Australia has long had a grand mufti, and I think now the Islamists in America are finding an opportunity to put into place sort of you can't put a grand mufti in a in a in a uh, secular state that separates church and state like America. 
But what they're going to do is this office uh, to combat Islamophobia, which is basically the same thing. Yeah, let's be very clear about this. This is a law, uh, Dr. Jasser, as you write, uh, sponsored, written uh, by uh, Representative Ilan Omar and uh, a couple of others, it looks like. But lead, her, she leading it, she the chief sponsor, it, among other things, creates a new office at the State Department, the office to monitor and combat Islamophobia. The first thing I thought help me out with this. The first thing I thought about with this is we're going to see a squelching of more speech. This, this, you titled this the American Caliph Act. I almost want to title it the, um, the International Silencing Act, because what Ilan Omar has done very well, I will give her her props, is she has converted any act of criticism on what she says and the merits of what she says as a personal and religious affront. It's as if we're trying to smother a live grenade and the person who throws it always invokes personal offense at us doing so. It's a very odd thing, but she's done it very well, don't you think? Exactly. And if you look at the language in this bill, Americans should be horrified that we have a bill now going through trying to create an office that talks about basically protecting the image of Islam from those who would seek to use criticism as incitement yeah. in foreign countries, by the way. It's not even in America. Right. This is in foreign countries. So what foreign countries would you be talking about? Basically, Europe and Israel. Yeah. So... All of a sudden, the State Department now is going to be ta- is going to be charged with having an office protecting incitement, which, as you know, incitement is the way the left, the far left progressivists and Islamists used to silence criticism. It, it, it took our president off uh, Twitter. It took uh, 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 we've seen it used uh, in political areas, not to mention religious uh, and, and free speech. So this is going to be basically. And by the way. The, the Islamists in America didn't come up with this. My, my family can tell you in Syria, uh, uh, other friends in Iran and Saudi Arabia, domestic descendant, dissident, domestic dissidents are suppressed not because they criticize the king or the president or because they march in the streets. When they're put in prison, they're put in prison because they've criticized Islam or, yes, it's or blasphemy, God's law. Right? It's blasphemy, isn't it? Exactly. That, that, that's what they call... The crime, and it's a very interesting thing because this is what the Soviet Union did back in its day, right? Criticism of the state, and it was considered, by the way, a mental disorder, an abuse of psychiatry later. But that's exactly right. It's a critic. It's deemed a criticism of the state, wrong thinking, a, cri- a criticism of God or blasphemy. It seems to me it's going to be an awfully busy department if this law passes. Because not only are there countries that have the name Islam in them, uh, Iran comes to mind, there are others, but there's the entire 56 OIC, 56 member, is it 56 member OIC, right? Uh, Organization of the Islamic Countries or Conference, right? This is going to be a very busy office at the State Department if anyone dares criticize any of those 50 plus countries. And 
And this is not, this bill isn't only the end of it. We have a press release coming out tomorrow from our Muslim reform movement, bringing attention to the Senate Foreign Relations Committee that's trying, that, that wants to approve Rashad Hussein as the appointee to be the ambassador for international religious freedom. And that ambassador, who I've known for a while, uh, uh, this will be the first Muslim appointed there. Rashad Hussein was the appointee by Obama to be the American envoy to the OIC. He was a pro-Islamist. He never said anything against the Brotherhood or any Islamic republics, but was simply facilitating global Islamist movements under the Obama administration. Now Biden wants to elevate Rashad to the position of ambassador for religious freedom, which is a complete Orwellian uh, 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 disaster to say that he's actually going to be for religious freedom. Yes, he might have said a few things uh, uh, for protecting religious minorities like Christians and Jews and others in these countries, but when it comes to Muslims like myself that are dissidents against political Islamic states, it, it, it goes from Ilhan Omar domestically to now Rashad Hussein, who is before the Senate committee this week and next week. Uh, hopefully he won't get passed, but we don't know. I, you know, this, this Zudi, this this corruption of language when you're, you're when you're invoking Orwell. I mean, that's exactly right. That's that is what we are facing uh, here, and I, I'm, you know. This notion that words can't mean what they used to mean and that we can't be thinking uh, sentient beings that can use language that we all agree on, but that we have to be shut down by these, what shall we call them, um, buzzwords or shibboleths like Islamophobe. It was designed, that very word, as I understand it, I mean, you wrote the book on this, but as I understand it, that very word, I think it may have originally come out of uh, Iranian activists, that very word was just meant to do exactly that, shut down conversation. Americans didn't get used to that word till somewhere in the 2000s, I don't think. But it's been around, I think, as an effort to shut up dissidents, Salman Rushdie would be one of them, uh, with death, the ultimate form of censorship, Right. Uh, because they dare deign offend or blaspheme a certain sex view of theology. That's where we're at, isn't it? Exactly. And these regimes have been practicing it so so long, from Saudi Arabia to Iran to Pakistan, that whether they call themselves secular dictators like in Pakistan or whether they truly are theocrats running the show like in Iran, it doesn't matter. The playbook is the same, which is you... you you create a, 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 you feign that you're protecting a faith, you're feign that you're protecting uh, a national identity when in fact you're simply protecting a, a, a tyrannical uh, uh, dictator that uh, wants to stay in power. And that's why, well, that's why they want to put the West, America's liberalism, classical liberalism on defense so that we never have enough offense. It's like the battle between Ennis Cantor and LeBron James. Right. LeBron right. James yeah. is saying that it's all, oh, I'm not going to give him attention, right. and he just wants to attack my celebrity and all that. Meanwhile, he doesn't even address what Ennis Cantor is talking about, right. which is Nike's uh, use of slavery in China and the genocide against Muslims and other things that he's actually trying to bring attention to. So by putting the West on defense with this legislation, Omar is basically avoiding 
the Islamist attention to the Islamist crimes against humanity across the globe. We're talking to Zudi Jassy. You know what, Zudi? I did a monologue on the on the um, on what's taking place in the Xinjiang province of China. Something you know a lot about what's being done to decimate the Uyghur population. John Kerry was asked about whether he brought it up in the negotiations with China over the environment uh, last week. You know what he said? He said, that's not my lane. That's not my lane. Uh, So I'm wondering if I continue to stand up for the Uyghurs, as I I am happy to do, uh, because I hate slavery, if I continue to do that, will that get me <clears throat> Will that get me some kind of shield from being called an Islamophobe? I'm happy to be called a xenophobe. Not it's, xenophobe. It's amazing. Xenophobe. That's why I said, yeah. That's why in my piece I, I said that if you actually are going to combat Islamophobia, <laughs> yeah. your primary target should be Muslim tyrants around the world. Yeah. Muslim tyrants probably commit 98% yeah. of the world's crimes against other Muslims. Of course they do. I mean, that's actually the reality do. in China. You're right. I mean, it's the Chinese Communist Party well, that's that, doing that. Marxists but... and other theocrats. Yeah, Marxists and other dictatorships. Exactly. Exactly, exactly right, Zudi. Exactly. Well, it must – I mean, you you used to be uh, the vice chair of the uh, Commission on International Religious Freedom. My guess is that if we had a real one right now, they would be screaming bloody murder about these kinds of pieces of legislation. We just don't anymore, do we? We don't care about this stuff anymore like we used to because it's been politicized, hasn't it? Exactly. The latest uh, appointment to the U.S. Commission that filled one of my seats uh, was Biden's appointment, which is Khazir Khan, who, uh, you know, uh, God bless his son for serving our military. But uh, other than that, he's basically uh, been a tool of Islamic uh, groups in America, of Muslim Brotherhood groups. And uh, he has, uh, they have so politicized a commission which should be, which really was an independent commission to uh, advance uh, and protect uh, minority uh, uh, practices of faith around the world and uh, be a check on the State Department. And now, uh, as as the left is wont to do, it destroys every institution it gets a hold of. And that's what it's doing with the U.S. Commission. It's what it's doing with various ambassador appointments. And uh, they're doing it on, on the State Department abroad and through Ilhan Omar and her her uh, agencies uh, that she works with uh, domestically. This is how uh, human rights uh, fail and how special rights uh, escalate and achieve and dominate. Zudi, I uh, I appreciate your time on this. I appreciate your work on this. I appreciate your op-ed on this. Centerforsecuritypolicy.org is where you can get it, folks. The American Caliph Act, and again, C-A-L-I-P-H, if you're unfamiliar with that word, our author, our guest, our friend, my guest host, Dr. Zudi Jasser, is the author of that. Zudi, thank you. Godspeed to you. God bless you. And you too, again, my happy Anytime. birthday. Thank you. <laughs> we will talk soon. Keep up the good work. I, always, I, I want him busy. I don't want to keep him on the phone. I always feel like I want him out riding or fighting or taking on some other enemy of Western civilization. Not to not to waste his time with me. I love the guy. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. The Hallmans, uh, since it's Tuesday, will, uh, of course, be joining us in the next hour and uh, happy to take your calls. I'm happy to take your calls between now and then as well. 602 508 
800-848-0960. And didn't we uh, have a call from Mike that we're expecting uh, as well to talk about, uh, uh, oh, what was it, fifth generation warfare and uh, I guess fifth columnist, fifth fifth colonism, fifth columnism. Do you know what a fifth column is? Fifth column is a... Is a is a is an internal organization, paramilitary or otherwise, that undermines its own country. It's within its ranks. It's 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 an army against you within your own ranks. Speaking of armies against you within your own ranks, and and how a country can destroy itself, it can do so through many, many means, many ways. It can do so, of course, through bad policies. It can do so through noxious ideologies, and it can accelerate both by wedding the two, noxious ideologies that implement and attempt to implement bad policies. I um, started the show talking about news stories that in normal times would dominate the discussion, so much so you might have had it be once upon a time on any given issue, the year of something, uh, the year that we got through something. We have had so many of those stories this year, it's impossible to count how fast they come and go. And isn't it interesting how fast the um, the new variant of the coronavirus came on the scene uh, to change the news story shortly after, in fact, right on the heels of what took place in Waukesha. The interesting thing about this new variant is the pretzels that Joe Biden and Anthony Fauci are now twisting themselves into. Joe Biden said that he was going to put an end to the virus any number of times. It was the project of the Democratic Party to seemingly blame every single COVID death on the president of the United States when the president was Donald Trump, not Joe Biden. And when occasionally people have attempted to show that there have now been more COVID deaths this year than the entirety of last, it's uh, the talking point of the other side that you can't blame President Biden for this. He inherited COVID. Well, you can blame him for running to solve COVID, which is what he did. You can blame him. Because he said no president should be president when they have 220,000 deaths on their hands. He has now surpassed that by over 100,000 himself, if we're going to blame the president. And there's something kind of odd about going through something that used to be called the novel coronavirus and having a year with that. Do you remember when it was called the novel coronavirus? The word novel has disappeared. You know why? It's not novel anymore. We've now had two years of experience with it. Joe Biden came into office with a full year's experience with it and and a vaccine. Does that make him more or less culpable for the more deaths that have happened on his watch than on Donald Trump's? That's none of it. The story of the year. There's a lot of other issues that are stories of the year. Do you? The thing I was referencing in my monologue in the first hour is what some of us were saying about the mitigation efforts to deal with COVID and what the downwash of that would be. 
we now have a 30% rise in overdose deaths. All predicted, all predicted by a, mm, a dozen people, proudly count myself one of them, all censored, all censored. We'll talk about that when we come back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Story of the year should have been amongst 10 things I can think of that also should have been the stories of the year, but one I didn't want to let go of based on a conversation I was having with someone earlier, much earlier today, early this morning, was what am I saying about the large, the high number of drug overdose deaths in this country. And I said, I, I, I am saying the same things I have been saying for a year and a half. Regretfully, the studies have proven us true, and those who censored and were censorious of us, false. Uh, when, when we were pointing out that the disruption of children in their social and academic and athletic lives, social, academic, and athletic lives, when we disrupted that, when we changed it, when we inverted it on a dime and by the snap of a finger, we were going to reap a whirlwind. When we added panic and fear, we were going to increase the gale force of that whirlwind. And then when we started turning children against each other's uh, children against each other, families against each other, and then started punishing children or blaming them for being vectors of a disease that would harm their adult loved ones, parents and grandparents, we increased that gale force yet again. The receipts are now in. The receipts are in, and they're in from organizations like the American Association, excuse me, the American Association of Pediatricians, the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, and the Children's Hospital Association. In fact, uh, it may have gotten lost in the Thanksgiving shuffle, but they did a study that found emergency department visits, ER visits, for mental health emergencies rose by 25% for children aged 5 through 11 and 31% for children aged 12 to 17. Suspected suicide attempts increased nearly 51% along with, of course, the attendant depression and drug use. Again, now we have lost, headline, 100,000 Americans to drug overdose last year. Understand, then, my meaning when my friend asked me, well, what can be done about it or what should have been done about it? Well, what could have been done about and should have been done about it is not ripping people's jobs from them and not making them panic, and not putting them in fear, and not starting with their children. Perhaps not turning child against child, child against adult, child against grandparent, family against family. Perhaps not depriving them of their social lives, and their exercise, and their academic lives, and their normal daily routine, which is what children need 
and rely on. We know how to do this. We know how to advertise, promote, and make well-known threats to ourselves. Here's how I know we know. We did it with COVID itself. I think we overdid it by a lot. But clearly when the government finds something it wants to advertise, promote, discuss, educate about, talk about, make known, make people worry about, it knows how to do that. We've seen it. We've seen it. If you ha- Do we even have a drug czar? Do we even have a drug Exactly. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. This was actually a criticism I had of the Trump administration. People said, do you ever criticize Trump? I have about, yeah, probably a dozen criticisms of him. That would be one of them. Quick, somebody name me his drug czar. He campaigned an awful lot on that issue. He was trying to do things at a retail level more than a wholesale level. The border would have solved a lot of it. He was efforting that. The drug deaths are due to mostly, not exclusively, mostly in large part due to fentanyl overdoses. And by fentanyl, I mean illegal fentanyl. Do you know where that comes from? 90% of it comes from our porous border. It's not porous, open. It's an open border. 90% comes from that. If you had someone who spent 10% of the time Anthony Fauci was given, or hell, Rochelle Walensky, on this issue, you wouldn't have the number 100,000. Wow, from Kenny Rogers to Randy Travis, that is some serious, some serious singing. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. As promised, Mike in Maricopa, thank you for calling back. Mike, I hope you're well. Yes, I am. I am excellent today. Okay, as you recall, last week we discussed a tad bit of about fifth-generation warfare, or sometimes it's called information influence operation. And right now the target is the First Amendment. Uh, there was an article in the Resistor about 20 years ago called Tripwire, the Tripwire, and it postulated of about what would be the tripwire to cause the American people to rise up. And there's a lot of people, well, if they come to get the guns, yeah. well, okay, fine. Yeah. But the whole point was that it, it was actually going to be the First Amendment because, you see, if they come after the guns, then the people will rise up and they'll still have a, a right to redress of grievances. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amendment. Good point. Right, right. So if they go after the First Amendment and erase that, then when they after they've secured the First Amendment, then they'll go after the Second Amendment, and then you will not have that redress of grievances. Uh, what they're doing is changing word definitions. Yeah. And they also, the next issue is they shadow ban people. Mm-hmm. They block your post. Mm-hmm. They move people from the social media, like President Trump, or doctors or nurses talking about COVID. And this is all attacking the First Amendment. Now we got parents that are speaking out at school board meetings, and the FBI is investigating them as domestic terrorists or violent extremists. We have the school boards developing dossiers on the people, even if they're talking about critical race theory or mass requirements. And now in Chandler, you got the school board working with the police department to investigate the parents that are 
are going to there. And this is all interlocking. And these are our direct attacks on the First Amendment, whether it's the freedom of the speech, the freedom to peaceably assemble, or the right to redress of the grievances. Now, also, in the other hand, is we got with the Capitol on the 6th of January, they arrested between two and three hundred people, but they're going to label the one million people that showed up as insurrectionists or violent extremists. Now, they're going to black out on certain news stories, like the DEA agent that was killed down in Tucson on the Amtrak, or the illegal alien down in Texas working at a nursing home that's been charged with killing 24 people. Or the out-of-control car in Waukesha. Exactly, exactly. No, yeah, it was a red SUV. It just started itself up and drove down. No, it's a real problem. I understand 60 Minutes is going to do an an in-depth analysis of uh, that car manufacturer to see why they're spontaneously accelerating into crowds. Yes. Yeah, must have some guidance system there. One thing that I've learned, though, is when the media goes on and on about something, that I just naturally start looking somewhere else. Yeah. One thing that we, we've we mentioned before, because obviously they seem to be trying to cover up something, because while this trial and the illegal that was killed 24 people, or charged with killing 24 people, all we heard about was Kyle Rittenhouse. We mentioned before of about why is it that when I go to Antifa.com, it goes to WhiteHouse.gov. Now, in our fifth-generation warfare and our information influence operations, the first round of a new war, the enemy usually will strike first, just like the Japanese did at Pearl Harbor. But And then in this example, that China, with the Wuhan flu, and their target was President Trump. Now, there was a trade imbalance. He said he's going to clear it up. China was on the ropes, and they were on the verge of bankruptcy. And then China attacked and put our economy into a tailspin and got rid of their target, which was President Trump. And there's also... A lot of people call it communism, Marxism, but there's a differentiation that it's more truly Maoism. Because uh, as another example, remember years ago, I don't know, four or five years ago, there was the pressure by China because they made the new movie called Red Dawn, Mm -hmm. but they made the producers change the Yeah, 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 no, Hollywood can no longer have Chinese uh, evil uh, characters, that's right. That's right. Absolutely. And uh, as Zudi Jasser just pointed out about LeBron James and China yep. and the NBA. Yep. Now, there there was one of these stories that they're covering up. That how many people, let's see a show of hands out there in listener land, how many people heard of the record meth bust in California last week? It was 17,500 pounds. Zero. The answer uh, is was, close to zero. Close to zero. Uh, recently, there was a memo from the Biden administration to the Drug Enforcement Administration to avoid using the term Mexican drug cartels. Mm-hmm. Now, they said that they can use the term D- DTO, Drug Trafficking Organization, or TCO, Transnational Criminal Organization, but you're not going to use the word Mexican drug cartels. Mm-hmm. And tying in with that and your monologue, 
earlier today is I'd like to say thank you for bringing up Brandon Weikert. Thank you very much because he doesn't flinch when it comes to talk about China. And also just previously had talked about Zudi Jasser and he bring these points up too about LeBron James. Now the mainstream media, I have to ask, do they know that they're being used or are they in on it? Is this an omission or a commission aspect of what it... Now, I'll tell you this straight up. I don't have all the answers. However, I know where to look and what to look for, and your mind is your primary weapon. Over to you, Seth. Well, thank you for all of that. Um, first of all, on the um, on that raid that you were talking about, excuse me, on that uh, bust, drug bust that you were talking about, in uh, in Southern California, you were right to talk about the uh, the 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 the, uh, the methamphetamine that was found. Let's also, if memory serves, recall that it had about four hundred pounds of fentanyl. Uh, let's see what that would translate to be death wise if it worked. Four hundred pounds of fentanyl, illegal fentanyl, is about one hundred and seventy six kilograms. I'm just doing this really quickly. Uh, one kilogram of fentanyl can kill 500,000 people. So what's 500,000 times 176? A lot. Yeah. A lot more than we can bear is the point. A lot more than we can bear. And we get these things not because we're lucky. We don't make these arrests because we're lucky. It's because we're strategic. But they will get through on luck at one of these points. And as I said, 90 percent of our illegal fentanyl problem does come through the border. And it will be it will be an ongoing problem. Yes, the change of language. Yes, the change of free speech. Notice what the left does with free speech, Mike, and the First Amendment. <clears throat> Excuse me. The first thing they did was they don't call it in the Supreme Court even anymore freedom of speech. They call it freedom of expression. The skilled linguist should know immediately that there is a difference between speech and expression. You should also notice what they have used expression to cover. It cover actions. It now covers actions. Unless, unless, of course, your speech, literal speech, is not what the left wants to hear because then they will call that violent. So they have taken the innocuous to call it violent and they have taken the violent to call it protected speech. I don't know if you need George Orwell. Or if you need Alice in Wonderland to keep this straight. But that's the world of expertise we're in. I don't know how many organizations have been dedicated to fact-checking, um, correcting, illuminating, highlighting the misstatements, misportrayals and um, inaccuracies put out, promulgated, disseminated by CNN. Um, almost all of talk radio, certainly. Uh, perhaps uh, Media Research Center and Brent Bazell, those guys do it, obviously. Um, but to run down the list of untruths that have been put out by CNN would take an awful lot of paper and an awful lot of time. Um What's interesting to me is that we have found CNN does have its principles. 
It does have its principles. They don't care about lying to you. They don't care about distortions communicated and promulgated and disseminated to you. But they do have a principle, and it's when it's lying within CNN to the bosses at CNN. I bring you the, no- the news that Chris Cuomo has now been suspended from CNN indefinitely. It means he's not going back. Chris Cuomo has now been indefinitely suspended. Let's call it what it is. He's been fired from CNN. That's what it will turn out to be. Oh, yes, there will be a deal here and a buyout of a contract there. And Why? Why? Not the advice to his brother that we were all shocked over when it first became known he was advising his brother on his sexual sexual, uh, accusation charges, sexual assault. Assault and accusation charges. Not then. No, they were willing to tolerate that. They scolded him, they said. But a treasure trove of texts from Chris Cuomo to people in his brother's staff, at the governor's staff, about how much he wanted to help, how he wanted to help more, how he was chasing down sources on their behalf and turning over information about some of the accusers to his brother's legal team and defense team, that has now been melded, revealed, shown as of yesterday. A good friend of mine sent me the story. I meant to cover it yesterday. He said, I hope these two pay their price. They're paying their price now because CNN found its principle. Lying to the American public, eh. But lying to Jeff Zucker at CNN? Lying to the suits and the shirts upstairs, lying to the C-suite, that we will not have. They say we had no idea of the extent to which Chris Cuomo was involved. Well, you and I had an idea, and we knew he was up to it in his, up to, up to, up to his neck in it. We knew that, didn't we? We didn't need this investigation to find it, but find it, it now has become done. Found out he has been, and now he's gone. Notice how all these champions of minority and women's rights just aren't those champions behind closed doors, are they? It starts with the vice president and the president and works its way through CNN. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.